Well, we have really enjoyed this marriage series. It's, it's been, I don't know if you've enjoyed it, but we have laughed the whole way through. In fact, our, our daughter called us from Kansas City and she said, Mom, I listened to one of, your, uh, one of your Sundays through your marriage series. She said, I laughed and laughed and laughed. She said it was really a lot of fun. But you know, that's the way marriage is supposed to be. Marriage is supposed to be fun. You know, and it's supposed to be anointed and it's supposed to be powerful. You know, when two are brought together, they will set 10,000 to flight. And I'm not kidding you. And and the fun part about that is that you can actually set 10,000 to flight through laughter, you know, and and there's nothing that makes the enemy more mad than when you're having a good time and you're in love and, you know, and he's like, why can't I get them angry at each other? You know, so uh, anyway, we've really enjoyed it. Yeah, we had a good time. And it's made us, um, you know, find some of Tracy's faults. We've been working on quite a few of those things. Actually, she's really improved over the last few weeks. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. awesome, guys. It really is. Yeah. He's been really helping me a lot. Um, but what we're going to talk about tonight um, on our final um, is we're going to be talking about communication and intimacy or sex. Um, and so uh, we're going to go through some of the communication and then we're going to kind of roll into um, our sex talk. But um, we have an opportunity for everybody to uh, participate. And um, so we're going to be doing some online Q&A through Facebook this week. So uh, we'll let you know when that's going to be. And um, so we'll be taking questions and uh, you can ask us and we'll give you, you know, some really straightforward mom and dad answers. Um, you know, as, as you've heard about our journey, we've lived like 10,000 lives. So we've done it the wrong way and we've done it the right way. And, um, and what we have found is the number one place where the enemy will stomp on your head is in the area of communication because that stinking yeah. witch Jezebel, um, she comes in like a snake, that Leviathan spirit, and she'll just twist words so you'll mean one thing and then it'll be received as another. And so there are some foundational keys that John and I have found that have really been very helpful for us, um, and they've alleviated a lot of the misunderstandings. And so I wrote some of them down on the board, and um, so I'm going to go over here without falling off the stage. Um, So... The Lord tells us that there that He's given us a fivefold ministry. There is also um, five of the love languages, and I truly believe in this. Maybe you have other than are than are on here, but I this has been very helpful for us. And then we have the seven mountains of influence. Now, what we did because John and I are um, we're both like influencers and drivers and we just like to get a lot of stuff done in our lives you know it's just like wait you know another opportunity to do something yes wait yes 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 we want to do it all Lord we want it all we want all the love and the passion and the zeal and all that kind of stuff and everything that God has for us on the earth and so within all of that because we're so closely made we're made so similarly it was like we don't want to do this we want to do this you know so we want to run together we don't want to run against one another so when we began to communicate, what we found is that, you know, ladies, I mean, come on, you're married for like 10 years and you're like, why aren't you a woman yet? You know, why don't you think the way I think? And, um, and so he was so different. <clears throat> he was Mars and I was Venus. Okay. So I, I, when I read Danny Silk's book on the culture of honor, 
I had this epiphany. He does a great job, and I encourage you, if you're a married couple or not a married couple, go get this book because it, it, it describes all the attributes of, these, of the fivefold ministry. And I began to see John in this fivefold ministry and the way that he had a lens for, for and how he processed information. So he, had a, he processed information, John did, as a, primarily as a pastor and teacher. And I was like, whoa. That makes so much sense. And then I looked over here and I'm like, okay, his primary um, fivefold is physical touch. I mean, come on, ladies, you know, every man, physical touch, come on. That's an easy one, no brainer. And then, but the other for John was words of affirmation. And then everybody was like, okay, John, you need to be head of the church. But John, in the seven mountains, he was actually called to business as his primary. Now, we're all called to be a church, and you know this. I mean, without saying, I mean, we all flow in different parts of these. But what are your primary? What is the primary place that the Lord has for you? And then for me, he's looking at me, and he's looking at, he's like, okay, those are really close in color. Sorry about that, guys. So I'm, I'm, uh, these are my two primary, okay? And then here, right here, acts of service and words of affirmation, these two are also mine. So I'll, I'll, so you've got me and you've got him. And then I'm primarily called to the church. So this is my primary. And secondarily, I'm called to business and to the government. Okay? So I, we've, look at this. This is a picture of our marriage. And the beauty of this is that we can cover a lot more territory if we value our differences then try to compete with our differences or beating one another up because we're not the same. And God didn't make us the same. He made us different because he truly does want the two to set 10,000 to flight. Now, what I have access to is so much greater than just me. And so it's just a beautiful picture of how God created us and as the church and how we can work together, all parts of the body. It's really important to understand this. You know, after a 12-hour work day, I usually stop and do Tracy's laundry. And then on my way to storehouse, I ask her, what did you dream about last night, hon? And she shares a revelation of, dream, of a dream. This isn't what happens, is it? Okay. No, not at anyway, all. Anyway, in a perfect all. world, this is what would happen. How was your dream last night? Let's go to storehouse. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, for him, he's like, so I'm, I'm the revelatory, I'm not that I'm totally revelatory and he's not, but here's the thing. This is kind of where I camp out. And again, just because he, and, and he's teacher, pastor, he's also revelatory. Everybody has, can access heaven. Do you hear what I'm saying? So don't, don't get your feelings hurt. Um, but, but primarily, he is, he sees the world through the lens of a pastor and a teacher. So when we're having a discussion, he'll begin to teach. He'll begin to see everything that we're talking about, and he will go line upon line. He'll solve that problem, and then he'll pastor me in it, right? And I'm like, no, I had a dream. And then the Lord said, and he's like, okay, well, uh, you know, so what we've had to do is we've had to, you know, I'm speaking one language, he's speaking another language, and we've had to say, okay, I want to learn your language. 
I want to love the way you're made, and I want to value and appreciate how you're made because that benefits me so tremendously. Because if it were up to me, guys, I am like a balloon. I'm like a hot air balloon, and I just got to... I would be up in the clouds 24-7. And he just goes, okay, well, how are we going to apply all of that revelation? And he begins to add, keep the boxes keeps me, you know, I'll go 150 miles an hour and he'll go, break, wait a minute, we may not be in that season, let me help you not hurt yourself. So it's been such a valuable partnership. But if I were to say to John, you're not made like me, and so therefore you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You don't see things the way I see them and therefore you're wrong. But that's not true. Because he sees things the way that God created him to see things. And I have to take that then and use that for, to benefit my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's interesting. When you, uh, you work this thing together, and if, if you look at, at the board for us, just for our, you know, the, this couple, um, we have different primaries. But then when we come together as one, we use them together. So we've got almost the whole five-fold covered. But, you know, with me, it's accuracy. Is everything right? A teacher always wants to make sure all the facts are there, mm -hmm. and I'll correct her. She'll, you know, like she'll be prophesying the way things are, and I'm like, did you leave that detail out? Because mm -hmm. I want to make sure we tell everything and it's just right. Mm -hmm. And then um, on my end, you know, um, how is it going to affect the people? That's all. I, I, I'm continually carrying that. But you want to know what's interesting? is we've been married for almost 20 years and what's happened is she's become more pastoral and more of a teacher and i've become more prophetic and um really an apostolic bent to see things even though i haven't birthed a lot of things i have an apostolic bent to see things happen especially through people um you know individually like to birth things through people so it's interesting how being one for a long time you start to appreciate and even uh, benefit from um, their, the way they're made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a beautiful thing. And so instead of fighting one another, we've, we've found the way to work together. And um, so John was going to go. You were going to talk a little bit about healthy marriages and yeah, communication. Um, well, communication in a marriage is about listening more than speaking, probably. I'd say if you could, you know, if you speak about a third of the time and listen about two-thirds of the time or actively listen, uh, it's going to go well. And what I mean by actively listening, it's not necessarily the words that are being communicated, but there's more to that listening than just the words. In fact, they say 90% of all communication is nonverbal. Think about it. So it's how it's delivered. It's the passion behind it. It's, the, it's that thing, well, what she's really saying, you know? Is, is this a cry for help, a hug, a correction, a, you know, a good idea? I mean, so it's active listening to another person. It's, it's kind of listening between the lines uh, to try to find out not only what, what she's communicating, but also how to act in that moment. And we, we really, um, you know, I mentioned that, that video about the nail. You know, we really had a lot of, of issues with that early on and uh, where I would, you know, Okay, here's the answer. Let's get it done. You know? Yeah, you want to fix it. I want to fix her. And, uh, and then on the other side of it, Tracy's kind of, uh, she's kind of like that, though. She's kind of like more like a man sometimes in that way. She's, she's, she's <laughs> like with others, she was um, less pastoral at first. Remember that? 
And it's we had to work together to kind of figure out, you know, how it works for us. But it's an interesting thing, uh, being proactive listener, listening to your mate, trying to figure out what's going on there um, is a very and, positive part of communication. Yeah, and John did this really, really well. He was such a good listener. I remember when we were dating, um, <laughs> what does Lisa Bevere said? He actually used my name in a sentence. It was like, oh, <laughs> you know who I am. And then I would say things, and he would remember them, and then he would come back and say, well, you know, this is what you said about blah, 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 blah. And so... He would consider that in his processing the things that I cared about. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I'm marrying you. You heard and you, you listened and you heard, you know? Well, and speaking their language. Uh, if, you wanna, if you go to do missions and you don't speak the language, you smile a lot and say yes. Um, and, you know, and that's a good start, gentlemen. Just do a lot of that. Smile and say yes. In fact, let's end it right there. But, um, but truly, you do have to learn the language, and they are different. And uh, so I recommend, like John Maxwell, uh, if you, I don't know, how many are business people in here? A lot, quite a few of you. John Maxwell is a, is a business coach, but also a life coach, and he has a lot of uh, good information on communication. And uh, I've found his, his work to be exceptional in that. Obviously, we can't teach it all. But, you know, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, all these different books that he's writ, uh, written, I'd highly recommend those on communication. Now, on communication, one of the things that John and I learned um, that's very helpful, okay, this is one of those shortcuts that we're about to tell you, so pay attention. So if John goes to tell me something, let's say he'll say to me, you know, I'm really upset, Tracy, because X, Y, and Z. And if I say back to him, well, I don't know why you're blah, 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 and I just go into defense mode, that's really not going to get us anywhere. But if I stop and say this, so what you're saying is that you're really upset that I didn't X, Y, and Z. What, is there an echo in here? Of course, that's what I just I know said. that sounds weird, but it's just like using someone's name yeah. when you are introduced to them and you repeat their name back to them and there's a, there's a connection there when you hear their name. When I repeat back to him what he said to me, what it says to him is you heard what I said and you understand me. Okay, this is really important. When we used this a lot, even with our kids and, and trying to communicate with our children. It's interesting with kids, you see it all the time. If if you don't answer and let your, your, your child may ask you something, maybe you don't answer them. They're like, I haven't been heard. What do they do? They get louder. And they get louder. And they get louder. And it's finally, Mom, can I go to the swimming pool? You know? And so um, you need to, first of all, acknowledge what's been said back. Mm -hmm. Hey, I heard what you said. And, uh, and then answer. Yeah. It's very, um, it's like, oh, that's so simple. But it really does. It really it's does like, work. I've been heard. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you do it, and that's it. You don't have to do anymore. It's like, okay, I've been heard. I just wanted to be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about uh, speaking the truth in love? Um, what I'm not, what I'm not saying is the best way to get along for 20 years is not to say what's on your mind. Because what happens uh, when you stuff things and you're just like, I won't bring it up and I everything's going so well, I don't want to say anything. But it will what? It'll just start to build up. Yeah. And over time, you know, you're this real kind, loving person. And then you freak out and turn into Godzilla for a second. And then you're like, oh, I'm okay again. 
Now that I got that off my chest, but the one that just caught all of that has to deal with that now. It's like, where did that come from? So we know that it's not okay to uh, stuff our feelings and stuff things that are bothering us and all that. It's better to get them out and talk about it, but uh, it's good to have a good setting for that. Not, maybe not late at night, maybe not after you've had a beer, maybe not, you know, I'm just saying. You want to make sure that you set it up even uh, even if you have to have uh, s- some conflict revolu- resol- revolution, uh, con- <laughs> conflict resolution, you do want to do it in, in a setting where um, you can say, you know, she starts a lot of times, honey, I love you. And she'll take my arm like this, and I'm like, oh, boy, what I do wrong? <laughs> but, I mean, she starts it with... We like uh, to call it the conflict sandwich. <laughs> I love you, but... Then when you do that, part. it drives me crazy, but I really do love you. You see, it's like, a, it's like the cream in the Oreo cookie. Yeah, it's yeah. a thing. So anyway, if you, start with, uh, if you start with I love you or, you know, something like that, it usually comes off better. Now, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to do this. Uh, in the moment, you just want to blow up. But if that's, if that's a case, um, you know, there may be things that we need to work on in our lives. For example, uh, what a very good pastor friend of ours told us one time, he said, I used to be so angry. He said, I hit a bad golf shot. I'd take the club and just wrap it around a tree. i get so mad, I'd throw it. He said, I just went off like that. And he's like, kind of comes to, you know. But he got completely delivered in one minute and never did it again in his whole life. Just the Lord delivered him of it. He asked for, you know, the Lord deliver. I don't want to live like this. Take this away. And he never did it again. He's the most kind man you'll ever meet. Seriously. And uh, so maybe we need sometimes to get a little help for, the, for those things. Um, in fact, Tuesday, if I miss my appointment, who wants to go? I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, when we're communicating, never be hateful. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we're trying to push our agenda, push our way, and be a hateful person. Um, never call names, ever. 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 Names, Ever. those, those names. names will stick a lot mm-hmm. of times, and then people, you know, oh, that's how they really feel about yeah. me all the time. Yeah. They may not. So you may not intend mean. it. And don't use the D word. Divorce is really off the table. I mean, let's be honest. That's yeah. not who we are. Divorce is off the table, you know? And, and when you start threatening that and you start speaking that out of your mouth, actually you'll walk into that eventuality. And so what you need to do is that's not, it's not really a deal, you know, for us. We're believers, it's not a deal. The, the God has a way where we can work these things through. Yeah, you want to you wanna always be uplifting. If you break them down and the two have become one, you're basically breaking yourself down and you're breaking, you know, the whole family down. Yeah. Does that make sense? You yeah. take off. Um, okay, number five. I, I numbered these. Number five. I'm so much of a teacher right now. That. Um, have a teachable heart. Here's the thing. When you get married and you don't have a teachable heart, what happens is you've just shut yourself down to the things that the Lord is inviting you into. Everybody doesn't have it all figured out and you don't have it all figured out all the time. So God put you with a mate to help you in that endeavor. And so the way that he grows us, the number one way that God grows us is he gets us married so that person can work that stuff out that's in you. And you know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, because they can see 360. 
I mean, you know, and you're like, oh, I don't see, I can't see all of these other things that are going on. And so we give each other permission in love to be able to say something. You may want to take a look at this because this is not serving you. You may want to take a look at this because I see a pattern happening here and it's, it's not, it's, it's hurting me because typically it'll come back on you. You know, I mean, th- what's happening with your, with me, whatever's going on, whoo, guess where that goes? It spills over him to him because a lot of times I don't even see that I'm doing it. And of course, I don't think I have a problem, you know? So, so having a teachable heart and saying, I give you permission to tell me when, when I'm totally out of control. Okay. So number six, when you're wrong and you will be repent and ask forgiveness. I love what Therese Engel says. First one to the cross wins. Number seven, um, basically words and actions are the same. If your words and your actions are not the same, you're in manipulation. So what you say and what you do need to be consistent. If you say, oh, hey, I'm never going to do that again. Well, you better never do it again. And if you can't not do it again, you need to get deliverance. Uh, number eight, never use communication for manipulation and control. That's kind of an obvious one. Okay, now we're going to talk about conflict resolution. Okay, this is my absolute favorite. I love resolving conflict. Now, I know that sounds really weird, but I would rather resolve it than stay in it. Because what happens is when conflict comes up, when you have hit a wall, it is merely an invitation to grow in love. So when we find that something begins to happen and we begin to, instead of turning ourselves towards running towards the goal of Christ and growing in Christ and growing in life and love, all of a sudden something happens and we begin to turn on one another and we begin the wrestling match. Who's right, who's wrong, and we can't get out of it. Something is not allowing us, and we do what we always do. We're like, okay, we just need to pray. We need to pray, and feelings start to get hurt, and and the conflict begins to wear on our hearts. And that's when, if it lasts for more than a week, we realize something's going on here, and there is something that needs to go. So what we'll do if that happens, is we'll begin to say, um, well, first of all, don't wait until your love is gone. Because what happens is a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll hit the wall and they can't get any kind of resolution. So they back away from the wall and they begin to cope with that issue instead of kicking that issue out. Mm-hmm. That's a positive point right there. Okay. Uh, you don't want to any, drag anything, you know, for 20 years. Yeah, we've had this problem for 20 years. You don't want to do that. Go ahead and solve it and then move forward. There's always, uh, usually, if you will pray, the, the Lord will bring it up. And it's usually not uh, a, the problem itself that needs to be solved. It's usually something in us that we haven't learned how to deal with. Um, the Lord's bringing something up. This is just a byproduct of it. Yeah. But the Lord's dealing with something in us. One of us or both of us. Yeah. Honestly. And if, you'll, and if you just try to cope with it, what happens is that it actually may go away for a season. 
but then that'll revisit you in the next season. Bam, it comes right back around to bite you. And what happens is the place that you got bit before, that place is still an open wound, and then it gets worse. And then you cope with it some more, you press it down, that will come back around and visit you again. Who is who is the enemy? He's like a roaring lion. He seeks, he, go, he walks around, he's like, where's that open door? Where's that open door so I can get in? You know what I mean? And he'll come back and bite you in the same place. Here's the thing. We, we really want to defend and say there's nothing wrong with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, really. Yeah, it's not me. Um, Him. Because that's sometimes easier. In other words, if, our, if we're not looking at it right, we may say, well, there's really nothing wrong with me. It's probably them. And um, that way you're just, you can just you know, gloss over it and go on. But really what we want is we want to find everything that's wrong with us and get rid of it so there is nothing wrong with us. Yeah. And it, it's, it's hard uh, sometimes to face those things. Look, a lot of things have happened to us in our lives. Mm-hmm. A lot of things have happened. Life's happened. We've made a lot of mistakes. And those things, um, you know, will sometimes flare up. And when that happens, we, um, you're always better off if someone's pointing that out, if your mate's pointing that out, to say, all right, let me take a look at this, and let's try to get free from it. How do you do that? Uh, Tracy, what are some of the ways that we've been able to get free? Well, John and I have had great success. And, and, you know, if you are like, hey, I've already been through deliverance, already been there, done that. Let let me tell you something. If you're still having conflict, guess what? You need more deliverance. And and you, you, you never get... You know, I don't know, maybe Jesus, I don't know. I mean, he was the perfect one, so, but I'm not, I have Christ in me, but I still have a lot of flesh that's screaming. So what happened to us is we just go and we get counsel and we meet with uh, couples that can help take us through couple deliverance. And, And it's so interesting because, you know, as a woman or a man, you're like, okay, we're gonna go get some counsel and they're gonna fix him. <laughs> and then you get in there and lo and behold, you have 11 ungodly beliefs and you're like, how did that happen? <sighs> so we had, uh, so John and I both, he had 14, I had 11, you know, because we, we went into the thing thinking we're fine. And then what do you know? So, we had all these ungodly belief systems and the ungodly thinking and belief systems were keeping us from fully growing in love. And so those things had to go and it's so easy to get rid of them. That's the beauty of this. You're like, repent. Isn't that incredible? (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing that breaks the power from the enemy. Like saying, I'm sorry, honey. Yeah. That was wrong. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, poof. Oh, well, you're so sweet. Oh, I didn't mean anything. Uh, we replaced just, it. Yeah, we, re- like that. we replaced it everything. with godly stuff. We replaced it with godly <clears throat> things, the things that God says about different life issues. The second is traps from the enemy. Here's the thing. Um, trauma with kids, finances, health, spouses, whatever. Um, you got to get rid of that trauma. The third thing is generational iniquity. Um, you know, the things that you do. Let me tell you something. The things that you do, your children will eat of that sin. And so there's a tremendous responsibility that we have realized because we see it, the pattern through the generation and how it visits us. And so it pulls iniquity means you don't start at zero. It means you start at negative one or two. And so you're always kind of feeling that negative thing, like that pull towards that, whatever that certain iniquity is. So getting those things broken off. And then number four, addictions, you know, Mm -hmm. you got to get free. Addictions are love killers. You know, and it's like, hey, 
You know, I, I lived that life before, and it, it's terrible. Um, okay, do you want to take dating? John's going to talk about dating. Are you okay. ready? See, you singles thought it was going to be all marriage stuff. But we're going to hit some dating highlights, and then we're going to roll into sex. Where did you, where'd that you find that? That sounded terrible. <laughs> we're married. Really? We love sex. Um, <clears throat> well, about dating, I recommend it. You know, um, there have been books written about don't date and all this. I recommend it. I think, I think we want to, uh, let me just say this, though, to preface. I think that really the most important work we ever do is to work on ourselves. Uh, Tracy showed a grid uh, a couple weeks ago where we were looking at uh, the healthy line, and then as far out as you are unhealthy, you'll pick someone that's just as far out that's unhealthy, too. When you put that together, it's going to be a mess, folks. So you may, you know, take it, do an EJS, do things, do ministries, whatever you need to do. Spend time with the Lord, go in the prayer room, but what, uh, get counsel. All these things really prepare you for dating. Uh, you know, think about Esther. She did, she went through beauty treatments. She prepared herself. Uh, I, I don't think there's any um, accident the Lord put that in the Word, you know. So prepare yourself that way. Prepare yourself to make yourself beautiful on the inside and the outside for that matter. But get, get your heart right, get all that right, and it, it'll make dating go so much better because you'll start from a higher place. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, there, there are seasons where we have, you know, young people say, oh, I, you know, this or that, or they'll come to us. And we're like, you are not ready for dating right now. now not from what you've been through or what you're going through. You know, get that fixed before we get into that. And, you know, obviously we give advice. I mean, we don't tell people what they can and can't do. But we say, based on what you've asked us, we're your pastors. No, don't do that yet. Uh, I would, let's talk about dating for a second, too. I want, I want to say, um, I, there was a scripture, if I can find it here, that I was just going to talk about um, it's okay to be unmarried. There's so much, the, the society is telling you so many different, giving you so many different signals. But I want to show you uh, something in a word here real, real quick. Um, the Lord was telling, it said, He who is unmarried um, cares for things of the Lord, how he pleases the Lord, but he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And it goes the same for the woman. It said, uh, she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own profit. Not that I may put a leash on you. There's nothing wrong with being married. Um, uh, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. Look, while you are single, I want to say this again. If you, uh, if, the, if you are to be married, the Lord's going to bring your mate, period. It's all about the timing of the Lord, and the only thing that can kill your promise is your own words. Mm-hmm. It, it's just... It's just the word. I can go into that. We're not going to do a whole teaching on it because we have before. But if the Lord's told you you're going to be married and you're going to, you've showed you that, you are. But we don't want to curse our word because it's not uh, the Lord hadn't done it on our timetable. So please, uh, while you're in the waiting, yeah. then serve the Lord with your whole heart. And I know that there's the reason I wanted to say that is not to tell you to. The reason I want to say that is I see so many in the house here that are doing exactly that. That you're going for the Lord. This is your time. You don't have, you know, a bunch of kids on the ground. You don't have a husband, you know, you got to take care of or a wife you got to take care of. 
So I want to uh, say well done. Yeah. Uh, while you're in the waiting, spend the time with the Lord. You know, get, and I promise you, it will prepare you, like Esther, it will prepare you mm-hmm. for uh, what's ahead. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of work to, to be done, you know, in this regard going forward. You want to be as ready for marriage as you can be. Uh, because many think that marriage fixes everything. Any married couples want to tell them that that's true? All you have to do is get married. Your problems are over, right? Now the married couples are gone. It's not. Yeah. No, you just got more more laundry. It's not. It doesn't fix anything. You You just live with someone. Careful. If you catch them, you got to feed them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's a short version. Anyways, um, keep that in mind. Dating gentlemen, I've, I've talked to some of you about this. Um, as men, I talked about, you know, men are kind of like big mouth, big mouth bass. They'll hit anything that glitters, pretty much. Another one is cows versus pheasants. You know, cows like just stand out there and chew the cud. You know, there's just nothing going on there. But pheasants are really hard to catch. You know, you have to walk half a day and get a good dog and have some blockers, and then they're up there before you know, and then your heart's fluttering because, whoa, scares you half to death. My point is this. Men don't hunt cows. Men want a moving target. We're hunters. We're naturally made that way. We're wild at heart, and we want to chase. And uh, some girls are looking at me like, but we're just, that's just the way men are made. And you're like, I don't understand that. I'm yeah. so wonderful. No, and no, you are. it's true. It's but true. But we do want to chase. And uh, so be a moving target. Tracy, I'm telling you what, if I didn't have that date laid down a couple of days before, she's got plans. I call her up. She's like, I'm not waiting around here. She didn't say it, but I knew she meant it. You know, it's like, I better call her on Wednesday if I want to go out on Friday or Saturday. You with me? So we need a, we need a moving target. Go out, have fun, chase the Lord, chase life you know have have fun don't sit around waiting on a, on a man okay another time was there something else men pursue really like prince charming that. <laughs> girls i'm just trying to help you out you know what i'm saying it's true i mean there is that that white picket fence i is there ladies like the white picket fence and the guy charging up on a horse Mm-hmm. That was me. My horse was yellow. It was a Suzuki dirt bike, 185. That thing was awesome. Pulled right up in her yard on the grass. Yeah. And he'd rev it. It was so annoying. Rev the engine. But he thought it was really charming. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that yeah. it was my BMW she was attracted to. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I didn't have a BMW. No, but I, I no, it was acts think of about service. it. Prince Charming, the, the woman does want to be swept off her feet. They, yeah. She wants someone to pursue her in love and hear what she's saying and use those things, uh, you know, again someday or buy that little gift or do that little thing that's uh, important for her. Yeah. For so Tracy, it, it was anything that needed to be fixed, anything that needed to be done. Because here she is, this woman, a businesswoman with kids and single mom. no time, single mom. So anything I could do to help her endear her heart to me. Mm-hmm. And yep. then we had exercise. We would run together and all that. So those were things that, that kind of tied us together. Yeah. But pursue, your, pursue the woman and um, don't, don't wait around, you know. Uh, what men, if you 
see a woman that you're interested in or she's on your heart, you know, talk to her. Sometimes you have to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, texting is great, right, with your employees, seriously. But, I mean, I have never seen anything. I cannot just be old for a minute. I have never seen anything like this generation texting. How do you really know what they mean? There's no voice inflection. Your eyes aren't saying anything. Seriously, are you smiling when you say that? How do you get that? I just don't get it. Uh, texting. I think there's a lot lost, uh, you know, in, in the impersonal that you gain in the personal. Don't you? Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. And also, you know, just it's really a dance. Courtship is a lost art. And if you're the one that knows how to do it, guys, I'm telling you, you become that guy. And for, for women and for men, there's a, there's a dance and a story that is created in the way that you court and the way that you're courted. And that story will be your story for the rest of your marriage. And it really sets the tone for the marriage and for your love affair. Because that's really what you're having. You're having a love affair. And the man will always think to himself, I got the ungettable get. And the girl will always think to herself, he pursued me and made me feel like the most beautiful and valuable woman on the earth. And that story will remain as their story and their foundation. And when she's 60 and he's 65 or whatever, they'll still think, he'll still think, I got the ungettable get. And she'll still think, Man, he made me feel like the most beautiful woman in the world. And that will be their story. And God created us that way because Christ is the one who pursues us as our bridegroom. And we are his bride. And so it is a lost art and needs to be rediscovered by couples today. And we know many of you out there that are couples. And we saw this in your own marriages and the way that you loved one another in your dating. And so it was just a lot of fun to participate very, very in that. Very exciting. Uh, we've told that we've told our love story I don't know a thousand times literally like when we meet people um, so make yours interesting yeah. you know it takes a little effort sometimes you know plan and uh, surprise her and do all those things uh, open the doors and pay for dinner for goodness sake and I mean really yeah. you'd be surprised I mean some of the places I go it's like I get looks for opening a woman's door like you go up north mm. Anyway, we're not going to talk about that. I don't, <laughs> seriously, it's like, what's your problem? I guess you are right now. Uh, <clears throat> okay, moving on. Okay. All right. Let's talk about sex. All right. Um, so, like I said, we, we love sex. Sex is really from the Lord. It's something that he gave us. It's a gift of God. It's a gift that's made to be beautiful and enjoyable and to be filled with the, the greatest level of love and passion and emotion and, and fun. Um, you know, sex is supposed to be so incredibly enjoyable. And it's a, it's, a, it's a part of our lives that really help us become one in, um, in body. And so intimacy. intimacy. Into me you see. It's the most vulnerable place that you can be with your mate. 
Um, so I wanted to hit a couple of things, and I wanted to tell, first of all, some of the negative things that are happening in the earth. Sexual sin and immorality is the biggest problem in the world, and Paul said that it would be this way in the end of the age. We have gender confusion, women and men lusting after the same sex. We've got explosive pornography. We've got virtual and robotic sex. I mean, they have now they have um, robotic sexual um, places that you can go in Europe and have sex with a robot. Right? I mean, how messed up is that? You have, you have this whole sex slave industry that is just exploding where you have these uh, poor uh, men and women that have been taken captive and, and being held slaves. And so um, right now we're living in such a time where purity is, you speak of purity, you speak of purity in sex, you speak of these things and it's just like you've lost your mind because it's so rare. But for us, the church, we can really be a sign and a wonder in the earth of showing people the right way it's done and the best way it's done. Um, so we wanna talk about the beauty and passion of purity in, mar in the marriage bed, and that it is the highest of sexual experiences that you can have because it's the place where the pinnacle of love is realized. It really is where you can have um, the very, m the most exciting life, sexual experience in life because of love. Yeah, anything that the Lord does, I mean, the enemy tries to uh, make a counterfeit of it. And uh, today unfortunately is a lot of what we're receiving a lot of what we're eating from is portrayed by video and hollywood and movies and and things like that so it it's almost like when a lot of the young people we're, we talk with they're when they're coming up they're trying to figure out what it's supposed to be like and so often it's it's the lustful um images or the lustful uh, portrayal uh instead of the love portrayal so one of the reasons why we want to talk about this is just, I mean, as a church, we need to talk about what it's really like. Sex mm -hmm. is not dirty. Mm -mm. You know, everything, almost everything you can think of, if you say the word sex, if you Google sex, you're going to get dirty. Almost everything. Yeah. And it's not, that's not it. Don't it's, Google sex. This is how our human, well, I haven't. I didn't do that, but yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that almost everything, if you say the word sex, I mean, it's almost a, an instant guarantee that it's going to be off. And uh, so we want to get that right. Sex is by God for the procreation for the human race, for one mm -hmm. thing. But it's also, he could have done that many different ways. I mean, mm -hmm. it's also a, a gift. Mm-hmm for the married couple. And mm -hmm. it is to be done in marriage. Uh, mm -hmm. We've done it the wrong way. We know couples that have done it the right way. There's nothing more exciting to me than to marry a couple that waited. But right. if you haven't waited, that's not, all is not lost. Yeah. All right, so sex belongs only in the marriage. Your spirit, soul, and body are involved in becoming one. And I wanted to read this to you because 1 Corinthians 6.13 really speaks to this. Um, now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know 
that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her. For the, for the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, whom is in you, whom you have from God, and you are now his own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And it's really important, and what he's saying is that sexual immorality is actually a sin against your body. And we are, we are made of three things, mind, uh, spirit, soul, and body. And these three are all one. And what happens is that um, we're to have no other sexual partner other than the sexual partner that we have in our covenantal marriage. Because when we do, um, what happens is that we will actually participate in everything that this person is carrying spiritually. And so everything that they are carrying and everyone that they have slept with, you are now sleeping with. Did you know that? And, they, and it is a fact, it is a scientific, scientific fact that you are, when you sleep with a person, you're sleeping with whoever, like up to seven people that they've slept with. And so not only in our physical body is that true, but also in our spiritual body. And so we just really have to understand what happens when we have sex outside of marriage. And I want to emphasize this to, uh, to young people that are not married. Married, because right now the culture says, you know, whatever feels good, do it. And that there's grace and you can just repent later. I am telling you that God is very much about, he's very much about keeping uh, sex pure for the marriage bed. Yeah, you know, um, and it's not a new thing. I mean, um, the hippie generation was right before my generation or, you know, 10 years before, let's say. And it was, you know, sex, love, rock and roll, free, you know, free everything, nothing, nothing matters, uh, you know, peace and love, man. And, I mean, it was just like, it, it completely changed. I was, I'm still old enough. I remember uh, a time when there was more pure, purity. And, uh, and then it just completely changed during that whole Vietnam era. I mean, it just all went south. And people are just making love with anybody. If you can't be with the one you love, then love the one you're with. Remember all those old songs? They're coming back around again. But frankly, all of that was very destructive. And that pattern carried from generation to generation. It's still out there. And um, so, uh, you know, basically parents didn't talk. So parents just tell you, don't do it, you know, which didn't work either, right? I mean... If you're already doing everything your parents told you not to do and they say don't have sex and they don't tell you why or, you know, yeah. coach you, I mean, pretty much they just do that too because there's no real reason not to. Right. And what we found, and, and uh, John and I, I wasn't a believer and I was having uh, sex before marriage. And so I was an unbeliever and I just thought I was looking for love and I thought that lust was, I didn't know love. You know, because I didn't know Jesus. And, um, and so I was looking to fill my heart with something else. And lust felt like the, it was love. But it wasn't. It was just lust. It was counterfeit and affection. It was counterfeit affection. And, and that, that, that lust, once I started opening that door, that thing began to 
feed me and feed me in a really negative way. And it really began to hurt me more than it helped me. Mm. And, um, and so it, what if you haven't waited? If you haven't waited, then all you ha God has a remedy for that. You repent, you know, and um, the Lord asks the Lord for forgiveness. And then you get delivered of soul ties. And I mean, you know, I had so many of those. I'm telling you, those things, they had to open up the door and bring a cart to carry those things away. <laughs> it was like, Whoa. Well, you, uh, you know, we, look, we get it. I mean, the desires are there, your body's awake, and you're just like, um, you know, you're just looking for love in all the wrong places. I mean, these, there are reasons why those songs are written, right? You're just looking for that connection, which we all need. What we really are... Our needing is that place with the Lord. Yeah. But if you don't know the Lord, yeah. you know, then you're going you're gonna to go with counterfeit affections. Yeah, and, and whatever you feed, that will grow. And the more that you feed lust, the more that's going to grow. The more you feed um, love, the more that's going to grow. And so you just have to careful with your eyes and your ears. And John and I, even now, I mean, we're married and we have a very healthy, and our kids will say embarrassingly healthy uh, life in, of, of love. And, um, anyway, um, <laughs> are you embarrassed? Yes. <laughs> anyway, what we still have to be very careful about what we watch. Yeah. We will not let ourselves, I'm not going to look at another, I'm not going to look and I'm telling you stuff is like porno. I mean, like somebody was telling me, I was just recently got back off a trip. They said, Oh yeah, we were watching 50 shades darker of whatever. And I was like, what? You're Christians. What are you doing? That's pornography. That's you know what I mean? Before I could stop it from coming out of my mouth, I was like, never mind. Bless you. It's, I don't. I, I think just met these people. <laughs> but I mean, honestly. No, I think it's like, um, I don't know what you call it. But anyway, it's like uh, violent stuff and all that. Well, anyway, yeah, that, horrible. That stuff, uh, the images of that stuff's bad for us, obviously. Uh, but who knows how far it goes. Here's the thing with, the, with that, that that I know just in my personal life, the farther I go with that, the worse it gets. Like you you open that up and it just gets worse. And you, it's insatiable hunger to take you all the way out. Yeah. And so the more you resist it, the quicker it flees. And, you know, you, you get freedom from it. Yeah. Amen. But I, I, I don't know any other way to say it because I can't protect you as your pastor. I can't protect you from the images. They're everywhere. Right. And so we just we have to turn away and we have to uh, not open that door to um, the enemy. Um, OK, I want to talk about masturbation <clears throat> out of um, here. Pin drop. Um, Chapter 5, out of Matthew chapter 5, um, and I'm going to start in verse uh, 27. Um, you have heard that it is said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say that whoever looks at a woman of lust, to, to lust for her, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members would perish then your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, cast it off from you. For it is more profitable that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Okay, I want to talk very seriously about this because um, I think this is, this is that gray area 
especially for, uh, for single people, for young people, that masturbation is okay. But I will tell you that I think this is very clearly speaking to uh, not just pornography, but images that would cause your hand to sin. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about looking at a woman and then sinning with your hand. I believe that he is specifically talking about masturbation. And I can tell you, masturbation is nothing new. Right? I mean, this is, you know, the human body works a certain way. But he's saying, I am telling you, do not do this. Save this. And one of the things that we've had to covenant with one another, and we've made this vow with one another, that, that when we're apart, we will wait and reserve ourselves for one another. You know, I'm not going to take care of business. He's not going to take care of business. It's like we're going to wait for one another. And it's the same thing for if you're not married. Beloved, wait. And if you're burning with passion, then you need to take that to the Lord and also get counsel around that. Because whatever it is, again, that you're struggling with, and I remember Lou Engle talking about this, and the Lord really took him to issue of it because it was something he was really struggling with. And he said that the Lord stopped him one day and said, everything that you're doing right now, your sons, this iniquity will be visited upon your sons. And so it's like, wait, if I don't get a handle on this, if I, don't, if I don't repent and turn away from this and begin to walk in purity, then my sons are going to, this is going to be visited upon them. And that's the last thing we want as parents. And if we start thinking generationally, then it'll help to rein us in in self-control. Yeah, I think um, it's important, you know, the, to solve the, the issue is, also not to go around in shame and condemnation the whole time. So what we want to do is we want to uh, repent. The Lord forgive you. Repentance is really turning away, turning around, turning away from uh, the sin. And, and then, you know, hey, if the Lord tells us, you know, we've got to go up higher with Christ, right? If yeah. we look at someone lustfully, that's like... It's not okay. So we just need to repent. We need to go away from that. And, yeah. and we need to get new channels and new habits to get our hearts full of the Lord yeah. so that we, we're not looking around for, um, you know, the, the other things, the things of the world. And here are a couple of keys that when John travels, he prays over his hotel room. He anoints it with oil. He takes authority over whatever has been in that room before him. And so there are certain things that you have to do. You have to anoint your house, anoint your TV. I'm telling you, you get business. You, you declare war on lust that is trying to steal your purity. Don't be lazy in this area because this is the thing that steals love. It'll steal love. If you're a single person and you've gotten into this grid in your brain of always satisfying yourself, what happens is that when real love presents itself, you're going to have a really hard time. It becomes, it becomes the thing because the images never go away. They are indelible. And then now you've got to wrestle with cleansing your mind so that, that, so that the, the one that you love that's presented right before you, nude, naked, bare before you, you cannot enjoy that because of, of all the other stuff. Well, I think, too, I think uh, a lot of times we might pursue, you know, better if we're not already, um, you know, if we don't have this relationship, this side relationship, the counterfeit relationship. Yeah. So uh, we want things for our life. We want to make, we want those intimate feelings. And 
Um, just think you'll try a lot harder unless you're getting your need met in a counterfeit way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I hope that's not, I hope we're not like crossing lines with anyone here. I just, I want to, we want, we you, want to okay. you to have freedom. We want you to yeah. um, live life in such a way that you're not, you know, that you don't go around feeling bad about yourself all the time or you don't, you know, well, don't put your shame on me type stuff. Well, wait a minute. Really, honestly, guys, I've been on the earth a long time. The only way it really works is to do things God's way. And, and he's not doing that to uh, take anything away from you. He gave you all of this. But God wants you to do it his way. And um, if you do, you'll be blessed. If you don't, there will be consequences to sin of every kind, don't mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Um, that's we, and we hate consequences of sin. Mm -hmm. For example, I mean, a lot of people get diseases. A lot of people get have uh, children which end up becoming aborted children. Mm -hmm. a lot, I mean, it just goes on and on. A lot of people lose their families mm -hmm. uh, over, you know, that. Um, I mean, it just goes on and on. And so we don't want that for you. We want, we want um, to have a wonderful life. But um, generally, you've been told don't do it. Why not? Because it's not the best that God has for you. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the good stuff. Okay, we're going to cover this really quick, and then um, we have um, the Levertons have a great testimony that they're going to share for us, and uh, and share, um, and then they're going to pray for us. So let's talk about the good stuff, real quick. Uh, what number are you on there, sweet? Right here. Oh, okay. Mutual affection. That's a good one. Um, what I guess around this subject, what I would say about this is. Uh, you know, if you think about the way God designed uh, the marriage bed is for, um, to me, I think it makes more sense to, um, it wouldn't be okay just for me to have pleasure and my mate not have pleasure. So, you know, to me, it's, it's very important to me that uh, Tracy um, has what God, you know, made this for. She has the fulfillment um, in, in this area. And... Um, I mean, it's just, let me put it this way. I said last week or maybe a couple times back, I know it's hard to talk about sometimes. Um, it's the courting that goes on all week that makes the third Friday of the month a good month. <laughs> no, no. I'm kidding. Okay, it's the courting that goes on all day, all week. Well, I finally got you to laugh at least. Everybody's like. <laughs> We're talking about sex in church. Anyway, make sure your mate is taken care of. Make sure that it's a, a, an intimacy for real. Mm -hmm. I hear this stuff like, does it bother anybody else to talk about, uh, to hear the ads about male performance? It's like, I know, I ran the mile in five last time. I'm going to try to get it down to 4.7 this mile. How stupid. Why do, you, why do you call it performance? Really? Are we running a race here or am I jumping over something high? It just... Okay, I'm the only one that feels it. It's not a performance. It's you're making love to your wife, for goodness sake. Yeah. It's, it's whatever it is. It's beautiful. It's, it really is beautiful. It's, it's, and, and here's the thing. The same way that we've been talking to you about how you're supposed to be with one another, um, just very considerate, mutual consideration. Everybody gets to have fun. 
okay? And this, I'm talking to guys. Everybody gets to have fun. It's not just for you to, like he was saying, to get to the finish well, line. And I, I, I don't even want to go there, the Middle Eastern mutilation stuff. I don't even think I can go there. No, they're I doing mean, some I, terrible things, but let's not go there. Let's don't. Let's, let's move let's on. Let's talk about, okay, but I do want to say this. And ladies, on the other hand, you know, sometimes we're a little bit of a mystery. And you got to help your, bro your husband out and give him a road map. You know, you got to, I mean, it's got to be a, there is a treasure there and sometimes he needs a little help finding it. So I'm just saying, don't leave him in the dark being like, well, you know, you're not good enough. Well, hey, come on, let's have some dialogue. It's, a, it's an app, it's math. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, but here's the thing. Keep the marriage bed pure. It's about love. It's not about love. Uh, not about lust, it's, which means there's no pornography, there's no sex toys, there's none of that. Listen, God made us. We are adventurers. There is the great beyond. Every time, let's just go have fun. And there are, and John and I, we don't have time to do it today, but we're going to be posting eight characteristics of a creative lover on Facebook. Be creative, have fun, enjoy it, be playful, be naked. You know, I mean, there is so many wonderful things about it. Yes, your pastor told you to be naked. <clears throat> ah, when you're married. Now, yeah. we're, not, we're not really embarrassed about it. I don't think no. we should be embarrassed about it. I think we should be thankful, yeah. honestly, very thankful to the Lord. I mean, he could have had us have babies without anything, any pleasure at all. It's yeah, like, but he made it fun. You know, just punch a button. That would have yeah. done it. Boop, how comes a baby? <laughs> right. Um, I don't even know what I don't to say know about where that. to go from there. Um, okay, so, so you want to recommend? Again, uh, again anyway. just make it make it fun. Be vulnerable. One of the things that Samuel said to us recently, he said, "You know, mom and dad, what are you going to do when I leave home?" You know, and my first response was, "We're going to be naked a lot." <laughs> And he was like, thanks. Isn't he may something? need deliverance when he gets older. <laughs> That's okay. I he straightened like, it all Ew. out with him. I'm like, when are you leaving? <laughs> anyway, marriage is wonderful. We have had the best time. And again, it's supposed to be the most wonderful relational, sexual um, communicating. I mean, all of it really, God has the very best for us. And that's why we called it from good to great. Um, because there really is an opportunity and invitation for all of us to grow in it. 